Christ, you people suck. <laughs> wow. Wolverine on a episode of A4G Radio, and this is the Game of the Year 2020. On the show, this week we have Anthony. Hello. We have Drew. Yep. We have Jay. 안녕하세요. And we got the Wombat too. Yes, sir. And everybody brought their Google Doc of video <laughs> games that they enjoyed, were disappointed by, or just flat out hated. Yeah. 2020. Oh, I actually wrote mine down on paper. What? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just uh lot. I just have to add by the way that I went back out of morbid curiosity and listened to the very first episode of the show. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. And in addition to the fact that it was horrible uh <laughs> both in content and in production and the fact that we were still like trying to be edgy and thought that was funny and cool. <laughs> um, the only part of it that was even somewhat professional was the introduction to the show, where instead of going, all right, it's time for another week, it's just like, all right, this is uh, in 4 g Radio for the week of 8-20-2006. Um, let's do some introductions for people who don't know who we are. <laughs> Uh, first game ever talked on N4G Radio was Dead Rising, right? Yeah. It was, yeah. Well, by you, yeah. no less, right? No, not by me. Who was it? Oh, me no, and Justin. There, there was a, it, Justin went first, yeah. and Justin talked about Dead Rising uh, because yeah. Ken faked me out um, by introducing us uh, clockwise and then asking us to share our games counterclockwise. I'd throw that loop in. I mean, I started off in disarray. That's right. But that first show is awful. It, it's just it is awful. Well, I'm going to be embarrassing. This this is much better. I'll well, tell you, game game of the year 2007 is still oh, one of God. the best the best episodes we've ever done. Drew memorized it. Gambus Khan has the best line out of anybody. It's the Bioshock ever. conversation again. The Bioshock conversation, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It. Um, that first episode, we yeah, we were still uh, we still thought we could be like South Park or something. It was. I mean, it was a long Does anybody still have this this the show before this? No, that no, that was it's, on. It's, it was on like internet radio, and I don't have any archives of that thing. Does the Wayback Machine go back and find that? Not no, the file. You you realize that this show existed before the iPhone? I I think about that every now and then, and it just oh yes. my God. makes me laugh. 
Yes, this was before what a podcast was a podcast. Well, no, no, no it was it was a podcast. We referred to ourselves as a podcast at least once in the first show because the iPod was out. Gotcha. Um, but it, um, it, uh, yeah, I mean, it was before like uh, there was a, an iPhone, like before everybody had something in their pocket that could listen to a podcast. So mostly we were internet radio. Holy cow! Yeah, I still like the 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 first episode of that stupid radio show was just me and Jason, and we were talking about Marvel versus Capcom two. <laughs> See, I think we lost gold. I I I just know that the Wayback Machine doesn't save content like that. Yeah, it only saves like the uh, surface level stuff. Like yeah. pictures and shit. Yeah, uh, if it can, yeah. It doesn't even save every picture. And uh, funny, like, I know I've told this before, but you know that first show was not us having conversation. Like The first you and Jason show? Yeah, it was one of us recorded, and then the other one of us recorded over that. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, we did not lose anything then. No, it was bad. <laughs> Funny enough, that's actually how this show's done. We yeah. do it throughout the week. Yeah, I'll each one of us sit here for two <laughs> hours and listen to the rest of us talk and then talk over it. So. Yeah, I'm not actually here right now. No. <laughs> when I cut off Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a clever ruse, everybody. Yeah, no one's actually getting cut off. Nah. Alright, let's, let's do some lists. I'll start with you, Anthony. How is that? Does that make you feel good? <laughs> Uh, well, John's not here, so it's not the same. Um, <laughs> sure, yeah, uh, I'll start with my favorite old game that I played this year. Overwatch. That... <sighs> it's always mine. I know, and it's always Ken's. And? You, you guys basically don't get to say yours, because we all fucking know. I'm still going right? to say it. Uh, Hotel Dusk, Room 215. I had not played that for up until this year for some reason, or last year for some reason. I finally did, and it's one of my favorite graphic adventure, adventure point-and-click, whatever, games. Uh, just a well-crafted narrative from top to bottom. Um, my worst games, uh, at number three, Space Channel 5, The Funky News Flash. What a disappointment. They wanted $40. $30 a camera or whatever the American price was for like 30 minutes of content. It was just all they had to do was even include the originals as much as they could without mentioning Michael Jackson. And it would have been a good deal, but it's literally just a nothing experience that's over before it begins. Really uh, speed three grand Prix. boy, that was a piece of shit. And number one was Disaster Report 4 Summer Memories. That was the that is one of the worst games I've ever played. And at one point in time, like someone, uh, Wario 64 posted a link saying it was on sale. Somebody asked, Is this a good game? I said, No. Somebody responded to me, said, Yes, it is. I asked them why, and they told me to fuck off. They couldn't, I asked them what they liked. That's about why it's it, a good game. Like, because fuck off. I don't have to. I don't have to explain myself. And I'm like, you would figure someone would want to sell the product if they're saying it's good, but he couldn't come up with anything. It was just insulting. Like this game. Uh, this whole game is just insulting. It's not well written. 
It's not well paced. It's not fun to play. And half of the mechanics don't work. It's a piece of shit, and it should have never been released. Uh, special mentions. Uh, it goes to Tsushima. I didn't play enough of it. Otherwise, it would be on the list. I liked what I played very much, but I never got out of that first area. And I know that game becomes so much more. So that's why that's not on my list. The other is Maneater, a game I completed from top to bottom and got all the achievements in. I really like that game. It was going to be my number 10, but got bumped off. It's a very good game. It's by no means the best game, but it's a lot of fun. So at number 10, uh, a remake remaster, SpongeBob SquarePants, Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. I like 3D platformers. This is a very good 3D platformer. Uh, It's very pretty now, and I just had fun. But I also liked SpongeBob growing up, so maybe there's a lot of nostalgia to it. But I think that's a great game. Nine, Pumpkin Jack, a game that a lot of people I don't think know about. It's a great 3D platformer that isn't just a collectathon. It is a linear platformer, has a good sense of humor. It sort of has that rare sensibility to it, but also a mix of Crash Bandicoot and stuff. Like, very unique game made by one guy, which is still mind blowing. Number eight, another. This is a remake, uh, Mafia Definitive Edition. I will not tell you that is a good open world game. It is not. If you go into the open world mode, it is very boring. What that game is, is a very good Mafia story. And I'm glad they went back and remade it because I would never play the original. Uh, it's, It's rough. It's ugly. I know this loses some of the appeal of the original game. But I love the story in this game. I think the performances were fantastic. And uh, the twist towards the end was perfect timing. Uh, Did you you play uh, Mafia 2, Anthony? Mafia 2 I have not played. I have played Mafia Uh, 3. I I know uh, that Mafia 2 is... Sorry? I was going to ask because I only played Mafia 2, only a little bit of Mafia 3, but I really like Mafia 2, so I was wondering if the story was better in Mafia 1 compared to The story to... is better in Mafia. I've played yeah. all three of them. Um, uh-huh. I think Mafia 2 is the weakest one. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah, I really like 3, but the problem with 3 is there's just too much of it. Yeah, Ma- Mafia 3 ends up being an open world game. Mafia is not. Yeah. Even though there's there's an open world but it is clearly level-based um, in the fact that you don't even really get to explore the city all that much um, in the main game. Like, you can drive different paths, but that's not the main focus. But Mafia 1, there's a link to uh, Mafia 1 and Mafia 2, and then Mafia 2 leads into Mafia 3. They are, they are all linked, but they're not a direct story continuation. Um, in fact... Th- the fact that you have played Mafia 2 first, mm-hmm. I think Mafia 1 will hit a bit different. Because there's certain things that happen in Mafia 2 that reference Mafia 1. Um, but honestly, it's a really good story. I, I, I think it's probably my favorite Mafia game story uh, in all video nice. games. On my uh, list. Nice. Number seven, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. I 
don't really have anything else to say. It's Tony Hawk Pro Skater. It's very pretty. It's from the ground up. It's uh, one of the best remakes ever because it captures everything that the originals did, which I thought was not going to be possible because when they did the HD remasters on the 360, they were fucking terrible. Um, Six, Hades. I thought this would actually be higher on my list, and then um, the games above it just kind of bumped it out. Um, A very good roguelike uh, that is oddly focused on a story that continues, and actually the rogue elements fit into that. I I really like the world of Hades. I really like the gameplay of Hades. It's probably the best roguelike I've played ever, I'd say. Um, number five, another Greek mythology game, Mortals Phoenix Rising. I love that game. I've spoken enough about it in the last couple of weeks. Um, four is the newest edition in the last game I've played in the thing. Animal Crossing New Horizons. God damn it, I've played that game every single day since I've gotten it. Um, there's always something to do. It's the best Animal Crossing game so far. And um, I- I'm ad- I'm addicted to it. It's what I do, even if it's just, you know, digging up the fossils for the day. But if there's something going on, I'll spend more time. Um, number three is Murder by Numbers, a Picross title that is technically not Picross because that's the Nintendo brand. Um, I just liked that they it's this 90s aesthetic Picross game. The puzzles got very difficult, and I loved it. Um, but there's a story that they do throughout the game, and it clearly has taken a lot of inspiration from Ace Attorney to the point where they got the composer to do the music for the game. And I loved it. I, I spent so much time just sitting there, especially when I had vertigo, it's kind of the only thing I could do because it doesn't involve looking at a lot of things. I could just kind of sit there, have my neck straight. Uh, the room wasn't spinning cause I wasn't moving around and I was just doing those puzzles. So, so, so for that game, right? Did they? How close did they follow the movie? Did they get Sandra Bullock and Ryan oh, Gosling God. to replace their roles, or no? No. Oh, that's such a shame. These uh, movie there, titles. Was Was Ryan Gosling playing the floating robot? <laughs> Possibly. I haven't seen that movie. <laughs> um. And then hey, I ro- uh, real quick, let me let me just add, Anthony. Uh-huh. If you like um, Picross games. Um, the Konami pixel puzzle game on um, uh, iOS is tremendous. Um, it's 500 puzzles that all have to do with older Konami franchises, uh, and it's completely free um, and is uh, a really, really good Picross uh, nonogram style game. It's it's a embarrassment of riches in the Picross world, I think. Um, yeah, those are I, my favorite types of puzzle games. So I play just about every one of them that I, I can find. Um, the Konami one is the best, at least free, Picross game that I've found. I played a bit of that one on my old phone. I have to get it on my new one, I think. Um, I didn't play a lot of it, but uh, it's just because I'm kind of used to not playing with touch controls. 
oh, um, yeah. like that. So it was getting used to that. And then I switched phones. But um, yeah, I love Picross. I, that's what I play on my 3DS for the most part, too. So, um, And then I kind of cheated. Uh, I have two number ones, and it's because I couldn't... I couldn't choose between the two, and it's not because um, they're both... You know, oh, they're, they're both the perfect sort of game. It's because they both focused on a different part of me that I or a different part of what I enjoy in video games. So uh, Streets of Rage 4 and Carto are the choices I have for number one. Uh, Streets of Rage 4, it's it's this nostalgic beat-em-up that has great visuals and amazing music and it felt so fun to play. It just... I, I can't think of a game because I, I played last, not last year, the year before River City Girls, and it was a good game, but it wasn't great. And here's this beat em up that's near perfect. And I I loved it. I, I have to mention one specific scene because it's, it's something that my mind goes to a lot and it's the elevator ride. It's in almost every beat em up you have that inevitable elevator ride where enemies just keep jumping in and you fight your way out. And in that game, in Streets of Rage 4, you go through a level and there's this sort of dubstep um, music playing and it's kind of repetitive. And then you get into the elevator and the music changes and you're rising up, which is actually the song title. I didn't mean that, but uh, say that, but like th- that's the song title. And it's this glass elevator. So you're seeing the city and the music in that moment. I was like, this is a very different game, but clearly made by someone who understands it uh, or a different moment for this type of game Um, because you're throwing enemies outside of the elevator. Like you're breaking the window and then you're throwing enemies out. Um, And then you, you get to the top and there's a boss fight with a character from the series and that game came out very early last year and throughout the year my mind just kept going back to it and a lot of that has to do with the music and on Cardo's side of things it was a lot of the music it's puzzle solving and there was just this kindness in the game that how do you review a game and Luckily, I didn't have to, um, and it's on Game Pass. I think both of them still are, so play them. They're free if you have Game Pass. Um, It's this puzzle game that's just this very kind game, which is not something I can say about a lot of games, but there's this honesty to it that that you're just discovering this world, and it's very childlike, um, but there's all this lore in it that clearly a lot of love and care has been put into it reminds me of something nintendo would do and all i wanted to do was spend more time in carto and when it ended i was happy and i was like i really hope i see more of this but i'm okay if i don't and to me that's 
where you should feel at the end of most games, not necessarily demanding more because it fe- that to me tells says the story wasn't completed. Um, and if it's, you know, I'd never want to see more of this. That's not good either. It should be, this is an ending, but when there's more, I'll be ready for it. Um, and something in Cardo, I couldn't tell, I couldn't say this game wasn't my favorite of the year either. So those are very odd games to have like going up against each other. One's this action packed beat em up, and the other one's this slow paced puzzle game that's very sweet and all the characters are loving, um, where there's no real conflict. Um, but those are my favorite games of the year Cardo and Streets of Rage 4. Um, again, I, don't know why those two stood out to me the way they did, but I know that the music did part of it. And I hope that people, if you even if you don't play the games, go and listen to the soundtrack and maybe that'll make you want to play it because there's something to those songs that are just infectious. That's it. That's my number one. I unless you want me to talk about just four some more. No. No, I'm good. Yeah, nobody wants to. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll go over to Jay then. Alright, so more or less picking up from where Anthony left off, this year has shocking amount of remakes, and not just like any remakes, they're, they're actually competent, they're, they're great in a lot of ways, uh, but at the same time, they're still remakes for all intents and purposes. They play and have the same exact storyline as the original, uh, and they are built specifically for that uh, kind of to give the same old experience, but in a new, polished, modernized package. And they did a great job. Games like Xenoblade Definitive Edition, Demon Souls, um, even Resident Evil 3, I think, is a bit def- uh, divisive. But I think that game also did a good job of kind of showcasing what was great about Resident Evil 3 in a lot of ways. But I'm not going to enter any of those games into my top uh, top 10 because I think most of those games give you the same kind of experiences except for, I guess, like Resident Evil 3. Um, but as far as uh, honorable mentionables, so Astrobot, I think, is like the perfect tie-in game for to come with a package of, of a console to give you the feeling, the idea of what you can do with the dual sense. It basically laid down the foundation for all the things that are possible. And at this point, it's basically in the developer's hands whether or not they can take advantage of it. And I think that's uh, pretty awesome. I think games like um, Wii Sports and Astrobots are the kind of games that really needs to be bundled in with hardware that has new features and functionalities. And uh, that was exactly the right game for that moment. I also really enjoyed Miles Morales. The shorter length actually helps the game in a lot of ways because you're not spending as much time just kind of doing the everyday open, you know, open world game stuff, you know, crossing off a checklist of things that you got to do and everything. So uh, that actually ended up helping it quite a bit. Enjoy the combat. I think Miles controls and has more things to do than Peter in a lot of ways, which I thought was very cool. I enjoyed the story. It wasn't anything that blew my mind or anything, but it was, I'll say it had a lot of heart. And I liked the way it ended. And I'm excited to see more of Miles Morales in general uh, when the next Spider-Man game comes out. So getting straight into the list, number 10, Doom Eternal. 
it's I think a lot of people found Doom Eternal a little disappointing after coming off the strong Doom 2016, I think it was. And I kind of get that. I think there are some aspects of Doom Eternal that are more bloated than it needs to be. I think they go more into exposition than Doom really needs to be, frank, because, you know, let the other FPS deal with that nonsense. Let Doom just be about the the combat and the gameplay. But what is there as far as the gameplay improvements and the additions that they made, it's... I can only describe it as like a ballet of violence. It's, yeah. it's a beautiful thing, yeah. When when it's actually rolling and you're maintaining all of your resources, using the flamethrower at the right times to get the armor, doing glory kills to get the health from enemies, t- you know, taking uh, um, specific weapons that are more effective against certain other types, trying to bring them all together while you're you have this freedom of movement with the double dashes and just double jumping everywhere. It's awesome. It's one of those games where you just play, you just kind of get lost in it, and at the end of a very difficult encounter, you can actually still feel your heart beating because it was that exhilarating. And uh, that is something that doesn't that that not a lot of FPS games give you. I think Doom Eternal does that very well. And number nine, this is a game that uh, I think kind of got uh, the short end of the stick a lot of the time, but that's Neo Two. I think Neo 2 basically improves on almost every aspect of Neo. Uh as far as like the loot, the builds, the a lot of the boss fights and everything being improved. But at the same time, it's still more of the same, it's just done better. And in all honesty, what do you, what more do you want from a sequel uh in the in that way? My father so, yeah. wanted nothing nothing more. It's his favorite game this year. He has played it since oh, yeah. March and he has over God, three thousand hours. Something. I can like believe it. There's so much content in that game, and the DLC that came after the fact uh, added a lot of really cool new elements too. Which I you have to understand, though. This is also a guy who did every single floor of that du- crazy dungeon in the first game. <laughs> yeah, so, even I didn't go that far. So that's yeah, pretty crazy. So he's he scrapes the bottom of that the games before he's done with them. But uh, yeah, Neo Two is definitely beloved by the people that are really into Neo. Yeah, because you know Neo is like a combination of a lot of different gameplay elements that you know that I enjoy. It's got the Diablo loot. It's got like this, uh, you know, third-person samurai action aspect of it with varying stances, different weapons, different builds that you can make for your characters. It has that really challenging uh, but fair difficulty that really pushes you to try to approach situations in different ways and things like that. So definitely, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do next with the the Neo series in general. Uh, with the, the way the story ended with the final DLC, so looking forward to that. Number eight, uh, Last of Us Part Two. This is probably, you know, it goes without saying, this is the most divisive game of the year. It was one of the most anticipated, and I understand the points that are brought up from both sides. The, the one side that thinks it's a masterpiece, I can see it because. The level of performance, the visual fidelity, and the sheer and ambition in the storytelling uh, makes it very unique in a lot of ways. I don't think there is anyone that can make the argument that the presentation and the performance in this game is is a second to none. 
And because of that, it really allowed the characters to flourish. And whether you like the characters and the story and how things ended up, you have to still stand in awe of what they were able to accomplish. Um, and I felt the same way. And as the credits rolled, I, I felt mixed emotions, not because I wasn't sure if I had enjoyed the game that I had played. I, I did but more so that how I was able to digest and interpret the story going forward. And I think about that story sometimes and the elements that it holds as not just uh, as a video game, but as like a narrative device. So it has you know, made a lasting impression. And in that way, uh, it was still a very important game of 2020. Uh, number seven is Streets of Rage 4. I think Anthony put it uh, pretty pretty well. It's a refinement of a formula that I didn't think they would be able to do so well having picked up the pieces after how many years, you know, ago was Streets of Rage 3? Uh, was it like 20 years ago or something like that? And the yeah, fact something. that they were able to, yeah, they were able to just pick it up like they never left the series that, you know, Streets of Rage has been going on all these years, consistently building on the success and the foundation of the originals and what made them so fun in the first place. And beating that game in normal base is basically like a training mode to prepare you for the more difficult modes that really test your skills and knowledge about the, the gameplay elements, about your characters. And they have literal combo videos for Streets of Rage 4, where they juggle enemies to death off walls, do the craziest, like, frame-perfect juggles and all this nonsense. And it goes to show how deep the game is, despite it being a side-scrolling brawler. And, uh, yep, it's it's just simply fantastic. Definitely my favorite co-op game of the year. Uh, not even close to anything else. It's just just get a you know get another controller with a friend play online play offline whichever just have a grand old time doesn't matter how good they are how bad they are at uh, video games they're gonna have a good time and number six is yakuza like a dragon yeah yeah baby yeah <laughs> i i'm i'm sure uh, this game will find uh its way into ken's list as well but as far as why i like this game so much is a it it manages to bring a new cast of characters into the world of Yakuza. And I was very, very scared. As someone that has played literally every single Yakuza game that has ever come out in the in, in, in the West uh, and adores the characters like you know, Kiryu, Majima, uh, and all these other guys, when they were going to introduce a brand new lead, I was wondering how can he possibly, you know, take off the mantle from from legendary characters and they did it they 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 did it ichiban uh sasuga ichiban is a fantastic character endearing uh charming goofy just the exactly the type of protagonist that yakuza series can get behind and kind of get carried along uh and he's great. All of his other uh, side characters and uh, his party members are also great as well. And the fact that they ter- turned this like 3D beat em up into this uh, more traditional style RPG element, and they still did it very well. And it still feels very much like a Yakuza game, despite that fact, is 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 amazing to me. That 
it doesn't feel like a spin-off. It feels like a mainline entry to the series, despite the fact that it's playing completely different from the other games. Um, and it also becomes an excellent point of uh, if you don't like the 3D aspect, like 3D brawler aspect of the other Yakuza games, but if you're like an RPG fan, I could see some people getting into this game specifically because of that element. So definitely try that out. Uh, number five is a game that I think most people thought it might be higher on my list, but it just kind of ended up here after I did a lot of thinking and ruminating upon like the the elements surrounding it, is The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 4. So people that know me know how much I love the Legend of Heroes series. It is currently my favorite RPG game series. It may even actually be my favorite series right now that is currently running. It has overtaken things like Dragon Quest and the Final Fantasy. It's not even it's not even close anymore as how much I adore the characters, the world building and everything around it. But even though this game is very important to the overarching storyline. It's literally ten like it's like a decade worth of storytelling and characters coming together, culminating into this one giant finale. It's like an Avengers Endgame finale for this series. And it is fantastic. It it ends in the most beautiful, satisfying way. And when I put the controller down after finishing the game, I felt content. And you don't really feel that with a lot of video games. However, it's also mired by the fact that the localization for this game was substandard. It's, just, it's not even just the usual spelling mistakes. They have literal voice acting lines coming from wrong characters' mouths. They have, they don't even translate certain things. The the combat, uh, like status reports and things like that, are all wrong for so many different skills. It feels like. Like a very rushed job. And I get it. 2020 pandemic. It's, it's rough. And these Legend of Hero games have incredibly bloated, like, uh, scripts that needs to be translated. It's, it's a daunting task. But if you take up the task, you gotta be able to do it right. This is a game that was highly anticipated, but not just by me, but a lot of people, um, that have been following the series for so long. And to see it, you know, treated this way really, really hurt me deeply. I, I felt like Nisa could handle it after they did a they did a really solid job with Cold Steel three, but they dropped the ball with four. I hope they'll be able to redeem themselves with uh, East Nine and uh, Hajimari whenever that gets announced. And, and this is um, sorry, Cold Steel is uh, Falcom as well, right? Yeah, so it's Falcom oh. developed um, and the Nisa localized. N- N- Nisa's yeah. now dropped the ball. Twice with a Falcom property because East, sorry, East eight, my, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. had that rough translation. And you played this one in Korean, didn't you? Yeah, I originally initially played it in Korean. They do a really good job. The uh, the Asian translators for Korean, like I, I see no mistakes. Obviously, my Korean is not as strong as my English at this point, but I was still able to understand and enjoy the game. But yeah, it just bums me out, dude. Like, I want to give Nisa the benefit of the doubt. They they publish and develop some of my favorite games. Like, this guy is one of my favorite series ever. And to see them time and time again trip over themselves, like, putting their reputation through the mud over and over again, and then redeeming themselves and then tripping over themselves, it's like it's like a pattern. It just disappoints me. Uh, but 
We'll see. We'll see. I, I mean, just, they got East Nine coming out in Hajimara, so. Mm. I just wanted to bring up the fact that you played this in Korean just to cement how big of a fan you are. <laughs> oh, yeah, I I paid like $120 uh, to import this game in Korean uh, with like three days shipping or something like that. So, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan. I'll play the games again uh, when it comes out in English and all this other stuff, but. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. We'll see what's uh what lies in the future for Nisa. And number four, I think this game is going to find uh, its way to a lot of people's list is uh Ghost of Tsushima. Um there isn't much to say about Ghost of Tsushima except for everything that it does, it does exactly as well as it needs to do or better. All the games that I played in the past um have claimed to be cinematic have claimed to tell stories that are worth sitting through despite its 20, 30-hour length point. But I, I have never really felt a game truly being cinematic until I play Ghost of Tsushima. The cinematography in the cutscenes uh, of these games, and I will never forget the opening moment of uh, Ghost of Tsushima, and I, I know Ryan probably definitely remembers this too. Um, the swell When he finally gets onto the horse, the music starts to swell up and you take control and then you're just riding through that, that, that open field and then the title card drops and then the music is blaring in the background and it's literal goosebumps in the back of my neck. So I was like, wow. Not only does this game look fantastic, but I just feel pumped to be in this world to see what unfolds. And not only does this game begin beautifully, it also ends beautifully too. The the solemn moments of writing that haiku in that final bout just oh like I have no qualms admitting that I I shed tears during the middle of a fight. <laughs> Not because it was typical, but because of the emotional connotations behind the clash of blades in that moment. And I was like, this is this is peak cinematography and peak like uh, storytelling, and I love that moment so much. And I'm never gonna forget that moment. And the reason why it's number four and it's not number one is because at the end of the day, it is still follows the cookie cutter formula of the open world. It has a lot of checklists, sort of meaningless things for you to do. I feel like if they somehow transcended that. Um, like formula, and if they did something a little different that was a little bit more involved, I think this could have been my number one. But the story, the visuals, the technical wizardry of just keeping that solid lock 30 frames per second, the fast load times, I respect all of that. And the fact that it's a brand new IP, you know, um, it's a lot of lot of lot of risk involved in that too. So. That Definitely. was the best. That was the best game Sony put out this year. I'm not even going to take any arguments on that one. That game is so good. Yeah, I I would not argue with you in the slightest. Um, oh man, it's just I I can't I can't wait. Like I'm not sure if they'll ever make a sequel to this game. I don't think it it needs one to be frank. But whether or not it does or does not, I'm I'm on board. Yeah, uh, Sucker board Punch. Sucker, I'm always there when Sucker Punch makes a game, and mm-hmm. this just cements that they just get better with time. Absolutely. Just just tremendous. And if you have not played it, and by the way, Ghost of Tsushima goes to another level playing on the PS5 locked at 60 frames per second. It already pre- played pretty well. It already looked great. 
but the fidelity gained by just having you know that literally double the frame rates at all times is is awesome. So definitely, if you have a PS5, if you haven't played Ghost of Tsushima for whatever reason, you have literally no excuse. Just go buy it, play it. You're gonna love it. And number three is is Hades. I think Hades is one of those games I heard a lot about before I even played it. It's one of those games where there was a lot of buzz, word of mouth about how good it is while it was in early access. And I was like, okay, okay, it's great. Let it let it cook, let it finish. And when it's out of early access, I'll, I'll play it. And I'm very glad that, glad that I did because not only is it uh, like super, not only is it Super Giant's best game in my book in terms of quality, uh, quality of the combat, the the visuals. And the storytelling, it's, I think, possibly my favorite roguelike of all time. And at this point, I've played a lot. I think my favorite roguelike before Hades was probably Rogue Legacy. was probably my favorite just because it's just pure gameplay, pure fun. And then there's just a, such a great balance between your consistent upgrades and the, uh, the exploration aspect of it. But Hades just takes everything to another level. I think it's going to be a pillar of the genre going forward. Every other roguelike to come is going to be compared to Hades. That's how good that game is. It raised the bar. So if you're, if you're kind of on the fence about it, saying like, oh, I don't like roguelike, this is one of those games where even if you don't like it, because of how you get invested into the story of how it unfolds over time, you might find yourself thinking or you might find yourself thinking like, yeah, this genre is not something that was for me, but you can make an exception for very exceptional games from that genre. And Hades is probably going to be one of those. And number two is Final Fantasy VII Remake. I think this game gets a lot of flack for not for being what it is, but for what it's not. And I would be on the same board had I not already realized what it was going in. I, I knew that the game was only going to uh, take, pla- take place until they leave Midgar. And I knew that, so when it actually happened, I wasn't really disappointed. But what I did really enjoy about this game is that if you go back and play Final Fantasy VII now, and it's not something that I did, I didn't finish it, but I played like a, a decent chunk of the game to prepare for Final Fantasy VII Remake, those characters, the the script, the translation, uh, the visuals and everything, they really don't hold up. I hate to say it for, for one of my favorite Final Fantasy games, but they really do not hold up. And a lot of your love for that game kind of goes down to the imagination that you had at the time, as well as this nostalgia factor. So if I think about Final Fantasy Remake, what it does is basically it gives the imagination of how things were and it gives them life on the screen right in front of me. And not only that, it adds to that element of what I thought I enjoyed about these characters and it does so much more. Like I never really cared that much about like Barrett as a character. I never really cared that much about like Aerith as a character. Um, but this game made me fall in love with those guys. And I think that speaks you know really well to the characterization and the cellular visuals and what they did with the combat making it more action focused. I was a little worried at first, but and I, I still think there are some improvements to be made with certain attacks not really being blockable and you don't really you know know whether or not they are. Uh but in all honesty they they still did a really good job. The idea that they 
can take something as simple as a boss fight boss fight that lasted maybe like a minute or two on the original game and take it into and turn it into like a spectacle and they do it basically for every single boss fight in that entire game <laughs> it, it feels like they really do love the game and they want to show it in its best possible form and i understand that people are frustrated that there isn't more and the fact that we might have to wait maybe a decade or more to get the whole entire Final Fantasy VII Remake package. But I think the way will be worth it. That's how I feel. It's one of those games where, yeah, it's going to take for uh, forever to finish in the long run, but when you enjoy something so much, you can you can be a little patient. And my number one uh, of this year is probably uh, a game that I'm going to keep talking about for a long time to come because of how great it is is uh, 13 Sentinel Aegis Realm. And I don't think... Did anyone here play this game at all? Or even, like, anyone own it? No. No, it's one of those... I've looked at it, Jay, and I know you love it, and I go, oh, yeah, I mean, I like Vanillaware, and then I look at the gameplay and go, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, And funny enough, like, I had the same... Or I had a similar respond to the game uh, initially because, yeah, Vanillaware is second to none when it comes to 2D sprites, and they they knock it out of the park once more here. But what actually kind of worried me was that combat where you're on that, like, grid-based field, and then it looks very retro-style, and they didn't really show much of that gameplay because it's, it doesn't really show very well. But it turns out that that element of the game is also still pretty good despite it still being the weakest element of the game. But what makes the game really stand out is the story. Not just in how mind-bendingly fucking batshit crazy the story it is, but how it is actually... how how it is um, given to the player over time. So basically, the way the story works is that you have these characters, and there's a lot of them. There's, uh, and you, you play through a certain part of their story, and that part, uh, that storyline gets locked at a certain point, and then you can go to another character story, and then kind of go over and over and over again. So think of it as a giant jigsaw puzzle that you're trying to solve, and you figured a story given to you piecemeal in a jigsaw format would be very difficult to digest and figure out, but they did it in such a way that it's not. Like, if you think about it, if you try to remember the things that you've seen, you start to make connections left and right. It's one of those games where revelations are constant. Those twists are constant, and it never gets old. <laughs> I, I don't know how they did it. If I if I had a hundred years to write a story like this and try to give it to, you know, kind of try to narrate it in this type of format... I don't think I would be able to do it. It's simply brilliant. Uh, and the way the game ends, the the overarching storyline of the things that you kind of find out over time. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything, of course, because that's the main selling point. Uh, is definitely one of my favorite game, uh, favorite stories in gaming now. Uh, so let that let that be, you know. And I'm the guy that basically plays any big RPG games and, you know, more obscure RPG games too. So I know stories in video games, and this is one of the best. And uh, the combat, initially I thought it was too easy and too routine, but once I bumped up the difficulty, 
and I got to the later stages, it started getting really challenging and fun. It's like this strategy, like 3D grid-based thing where you take turns and you try to protect something from being destroyed while all these like scourge of enemies of different types come at you and you try to stop them from getting in. So almost like a mobile tower defense, but it gets a lot more intricate because you have leveling up elements, you have special attacks, you can move your characters around to different places. And, uh, yeah, it's very fun, actually. And it's going to be hard for me to sell this game to anyone else that doesn't really look for great stories and games. But I, I would urge anyone that even has any interest in like great sci-fi stories to take a look at the game. If you're not pulled into the overall presentation and the, the story and how it's presented within the next like hour or two, like I would be pretty shocked because I was pulled in very quickly. And despite the game being like a 30-hour affair, when I did everything, I think you could probably go through the main story in about uh, 20. Um, it ended up being my favorite game of the year in a year where it was just stacked with uh, really great games that I could have made easily like a 15 to 20 game list. So, yep, that's it. All right. So I will move on. To Drew and his magnificent list. His, okay. his three. Drew? <laughs> no, I, I, have, three. I have ten. Oh, shit! But here's the problem. Oh, no. Uh, multiple things that Jay said that he was not going to put on his list because, just because, I have on my list. Uh, <laughs> hey, Jay, Jay said he wasn't going to put remakes or remasters, but he put Final Fantasy on there, so whatever! I, I have, I have <laughs> three on mine, bud, so... This so, was the remakes, man, so... It's yeah, you. it don't matter, so, Drew. Put what, what, what you want on there, what you love, brother. So there, there's two on here that you could call bullshit on, um, and that's totally fine. But this is my list; and I don't care. I don't give a fuck what you think. Bullshit. <laughs> so uh, let's start off with the games that really disappointed me. All right, I wouldn't say disappointed me. One of them disappointed me. The other two were just crap. Uh, the one that disappointed me was Marvel's Avengers. Uh. Uh, that game is not bad. That game is boring. Yep. Um, it just didn't have, we really don't need any more games as a surface. No. We don't. I, I think that time has ended. And, and they had a great structure there. They had a, a, a pretty decent story to go along with it. But the things wrapped around that game were very uninteresting to me. I hate to say that because there's I, there's a lot of potential in that game. Uh, working off the, you said it's not bad; it's boring. I'd argue boring is worse. Yeah. Uh you know, like we had a year of the bad game, and we walked through most of them. And honestly, the bottom of the list were just broken and then everything else they were boring games that were the issue it wasn't that yeah. they were necessarily bad yeah right like the broken ones were more perfect weapon is more interesting to talk about than oh see i can't even think of duke Nukem forever uh matt hazard yeah like what, what am i gonna say after five seconds but boy i can rip into uh uh, uh, ride to hell. God, there's God. something funny in it, at least. 
you know, even though we <laughs> the, were dead by that point. But the the three the three sex scenes that you do fully clothed, yeah. Anyways, oh my god, that game. That's what Marvel needs. Is Marvel Avengers needs fully clothed sex scenes <laughs> in the super suit? Iron Man having sex in his own suit, yeah. God. Okay. Uh, the other two games that are just bad, uh, Slide Stars. <laughs> See, we both had our of our shit ones. We both yeah. had them. Great. And uh, remothered broken porcelain. God, I forgot about that. That, that, that game was just not fun to me. Like it was, it was a stealth game where the stealth was broken, much like the porcelain. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, broken, I, it, it remothered broken shitter. Also, trying to figure out what that game. So I didn't know it was a sequel, and trying to figure out what happened in that game, you, you can forget it. Apparently, the first game is nuts too. Uh, coming up with my honorable mentions, uh, I have Pikmin 3 Deluxe. That's a fun game. It's a really well-made game as well. Uh, Spiritfarer, which I don't think anybody has on their list. No, I remember that game, though, the, 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 the boat with the talking animals. Yes, yes. I played it. It was great. Yeah, I really enjoyed my time with that game. Uh, I didn't put enough time into it to to fully evaluate it, but I thought that the animations were fantastic. I thought the story was really good. They had some really touching moments in that game. Um, I got to one moment in that game, Drew. It depressed me so much that I stopped playing the game. Yeah. But it was beautiful. Yeah. Was it with the the the, the Fox character? It was the one with the Alzheimer's. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. That game is sad. It is yeah. a game about death. So. Oh, yeah. You are you are ferrying dead people to the afterlife. Uh, next one. Uh, something that has been in the making for what, eight years? Kentucky Route Zero TV edition. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kentucky Route Zero finally finished in 2020. To get started in what 2011, maybe? Yeah, probably. It's a long time ago, to say the least. Uh, I thought that game was strange and weird, but it did some things that I thought was like really unique. And had I experienced a lot of those things when that when it first like the first episode came out, I've been like, yeah, this blows me away. Um, I still think it's really good. But it is a strange game that I don't think a lot of people will get into. I think it's it's maybe too artsy fartsy for a lot of people. And I usually hate the artsy fartsy games. Yeah, seven years. Seven years yeah. to make that game. Uh, next one, uh, honorable mention is the Tourist. So I love that game. Uh, yeah. I played it like for like three days. That's all I played. Do you actually finish uh, it? No, that last the, chamber the jumping, sucks. The jumping in that game sucks. The last chamber is like one of the worst things, which sucks because the rest of the game was so good. I, mean, I don't remember yeah. the last chamber exactly, but the uh, surfing mini game can fuck itself. Oh, the surfing mini game is like worse than TNC surf design, motherfucker. Oh uh, yeah, I <sighs> but 
I made it through to the end of that game, and I will say that they they should have had a better ending, but they implied there might be more, and I'm okay with that. Okay. Because the story was not the main focus of that game at all. The, could you tell me what the story was? Because I couldn't uh, tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly my point. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was a dude with glasses and a mustache running around. Yeah, um, and then fucking Magnum and other P. things I. happened. Yeah. I was nerdy Magnum P.I. <laughs> running around a bunch of islands, Hell jumping yeah. on things. It was fun. Uh, and uh, the last honorable mention is uh, because I didn't play enough of it, and this game is still rough as hell. Phasmophobia. Uh, that's a fun game. That's a scary game, especially for how ridiculous the game actually looks, uh, especially when you're playing with, like, four people running around. You're just like, these people move like... It's like they're stick figures running around. It's ridiculous. But... It's been a while since I've been legitimately scared like that. That game does a really good job with its horror elements. So, uh, I don't know if I can do this in a particular order with my top. I know what my game of the year is. Ah, just list them. So I'll start. I mine, but so did Jay, but that doesn't mean you have to. So, so, uh, uh, all right. I'll, I'll start with the ones that will not be like my top games, but are still my my top 10 kind of thing. Uh, the first one, and the, get ready for some bullshit because I'm going to throw some stuff on here that probably shouldn't be on here. Uh, Tetris Effect Connected. Why shouldn't that be on there? Because people will say Tetris Effect came out two years ago. Yeah, but Tetris you Effect also- Connected didn't. Yeah, True. that game, the, the multiplayer adds a lot to that game. Yeah. And let's that be fair, Drew, the, the tourist didn't come out this year either. Well, <clears throat> technically, yeah, it was on Switch before. Yep, and PC but, last year. But, yeah. but uh, I don't think it was on PC. Taurus was on year. PC, wasn't it? No, I think it was only Switch originally. Because yeah. I would have played it on PC. I'd been waiting for it, and it wasn't on PC. Oh, oh. <laughs> regardless, but, um, Tetris Effect Connected is fine. And, and, it's, and it's very much uh, something that was missing from the original release. Uh, the, the fact that I could not play multiplayer with my friends. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's a, a absolutely fantastic game. Uh, the next one on my list, and this is, I don't think it's going to be on anybody else's list. I don't even think anybody even remembers this game. I absolutely adored it. Nine Monkeys of Shaolin. <laughs> what? Exactly. We have that conversation every time Drew talks about Nine Monkeys of Shaolin. Nine Monkeys of Shaolin is a legit beat 'em up that nobody played. I played it and I love it. I know. It. it is amazing. In fact, I, as much as I respect Streets of Rage 4, I did not beat Streets of Rage 4. I beat Nine Monkeys of Shaolin. It's good. And Nine Monkeys, Nine Monkeys of Shaolin is is. I mean, you play that game, you'll be like, yeah, I think a very small development crew made this because it does come off a little cheap. But damn, is that game not fun? Yeah, that game was real good. This like I I probably never play this game because like it does not look great on screenshots at the very least. It looks like a very budget kind of ugly looking 3D aspect, but I guess the gameplay is good. It plays amazing. Okay. Okay. Fair. 
It is it is a great play beat 'em up. I mean, there's tons of like combos you can do. There's I mean, you can reflect stuff back at guys. It makes you feel like a freaking like Shaolin monk. Like that game really does. Uh but yeah, I, I absolutely adored that game. Uh next on my list, uh <laughs> this is another one that didn't come out here this year technically, or this past year. Uh Glass Masquerade number two. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. That came out on Xbox One, and uh, my <laughs> wife and I sat down and played that together, and had a ball with it. Game's awesome. It's better than better than the first game. Don't you go? I don't mode, know about that. Okay, yeah the the hard mode does make that game better. And having to I, rotate the pieces like that is. I prefer the puzzles in the first game, though. The pu- the actual design of the puzzles is better in the first game. Yes, the, yes. But the the actual solving of it feels better in the second, and that's what I'm there for. But uh, yes, I, I thought the stained glass art was better in the first game. Uh, next game on the list, another possible bullshit game, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. I didn't put this on my list because I didn't know... I, I don't know. It's a collection of games that they didn't really do shit to. Can I, I argue for it even though I haven't played it? No, I mean, I, I don't I don't have a problem with them having it on this list. I'm just saying why I didn't put it on my list. I loved it. So I think so, it's an absolutely fantastic collection, and I have no other way of playing those games. It's the first time that both Sunshine and um, uh, Galaxy have been in HD. Yeah, I mean, uh, you it, know, it's uh, and like beautiful. also the first time those games have been portable. That too, but um more than anything like the fact that they they actually did work on Sunshine and Galaxy to while well, Galaxy maybe not as much, but uh to make it widescreen and everything. Like I have an HDMI out on the GameCube. Um I get the best image out of the GameCube. It does not look anywhere near as good as it should. Uh of course you could emulate via Dolphin and get the games looking that well, but they had to redo the controls for both those titles. Like they put a lot of work into that. That just doesn't show up on our end the same way. Right. So yeah. I, 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 I've just, I've heard the same comment be made, not so much for game of the year, but just in general. And it's like, uh, it's a little bit more than just the um, super Mario all stars ROM on a disc that they released on. Wii. you know, Years ago, oh, uh, you you really want me to piss off people? I'll tell you this: it was my favorite Nintendo release this year. <laughs> All right, well, that might do it. <laughs> There's only two other ones, Ken. <laughs> I mean, and that's one fair. Of them I didn't play, unfortunately. And one of them is everybody is some people's game of the year, so there is that. Well, you're forgetting Age of Clan. All right. No, no, that's, that, not, that's one of them that I'm thinking of. I'm purposely oh. forgetting Age of Clan. Well, there's Age of Clan. I thought you were talking Pikmin 3. Pikmin 3 and, and then Pikmin also 3. Animal Crossing. Yeah. Well, I'd oh, say and then there, there was Paper Mario too. Everybody forgot about oh, Paper yeah. Mario. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 completed it. Totally forgot it exists. <laughs> so that that's the thing is like people have told me you really need to play this Paper Mario game. It's legit. Yep, that's what I've heard too and I just haven't had time to play it yet. I don't yeah. own it yet, but it's not bad. I don't have. I have yeah, played, I played it. every Paper Mario, so I'll end up playing it. But yeah, I've heard it's the best writing that that the series had. I don't know if that's true, but I've heard that that 
game is a lot more than just the jokes that Mario and Luigi kind of became. So. Color Splash had some really good writing in it too. Like it was comedic. This it was a little bit more than just comedic though. I've heard okay. that there's some really good emotional moments, which is weird to say about a Paper Mario game. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, up next, uh, Doom Eternal. Uh, I played a good amount of that. The unfortunate thing is I played a good amount of that on the Switch. <laughs> that still is still a good game, even on the Switch. But man, is it ugly. I don't know what you expect. Drew, I play I play that game in ultra wide 144 hertz locks and ultra nightmare man. That's not I, how Drew played that game. I play I play that game in 480p. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing. Oh, it was also, it it was ran also at, an ultra nightmare. It it, it it ran at 60 frames per second the entire time. <sighs> I mean that's why it was in four, I I don't even know that I would say it's 480p. Drew, we might be looking at 480i. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's rough looking. <laughs> But I, I have to give it to them though. They made that game run smooth as butter. Hey, that's that's all on that the Switch. If if that game takes any award, I think it should be the most well optimized game of the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. That, that game runs like butter on everything you play it on. It's, yeah, it's also it's small. Awesome. It's also small. Yeah, it's you not know, a big it game. It looks it looks great, and it's small. Call of Duty Modern Warfare, you fuck. <laughs> take some take some notes. Yeah, Call of Duty. Oh that's my like god. Six billion gigabytes. Uh, no kidding. Uh up next. Uh Xenoblade Chronicles X. Hell yeah. What's Xenosaga though? I oh yeah. I've never X. played <laughs> I never played uh Xenoblade Chronicles before. Um uh but uh yeah. That's a oh, fantastic game. You're talking the remaster on Switch. Yes, yes. That's Sorry, what I'm you said about. Xenoblade Chronicles X, and I was like, uh, that no, no, no. That's that. That's the Wii U one that yeah, okay. we'll never ever get, and I really want that one because I never finished it. It's the only game I'm keeping my Wii U for. <laughs> yeah, it's the only like Nintendo published game that hasn't gotten the definitive edition. Yeah, it has got the Switch. Hold for. on, you're just waiting for Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival. <laughs> The Switch. <laughs> Y'all forget about Wind Waker and Twilight Princess made it to the yeah, Wii U as those. well. I want right, those. Uh, I want Wind Star Waker Fox, on the Switch. Star Fox Zero with real controls. No, please, I don't want Star Fox Zero. That game. With real controls? Uh, it's still not that good a game. Oh, God. You, how would you know? It's hidden behind... No, well, uh, that's fucking... fair, but still, I didn't... Yeah. I would love to finally play Skyward Sword. Because I no, refuse, no, I refuse to play it. With, no, no, no. Yeah. Do you like a bloated Zelda game? I the mean, controls bloated. aren't the problem with that game, Drew. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It made me not play it. Well, it is, all you got to do is try to get through the tutorial. You'll the tutorial. stop playing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but think about it this way, right? As a completionist, I have finished every mainline Zelda game. Except for Skyward Sword, it's like a it's like a blotch on my resume. No, it's not. Uh, I, I, could, I couldn't it. finish that game. I I made oh fuck! I was like forty hours in that game, and I was like, I just can't do this anymore. Yeah, it's not good. It's not Man, a good play, game. Play Twilight Princess two more times and just call it a day. It's got a similar art style. Play Link to the Past and Link Between Worlds instead. Yeah. Play yeah. anything yeah. except for Skyward Sword. Get a friend. Oh, That's why I'm doing Ocarina of Time. Yeah, you're doing a good thing. Don't play Skyward Sword. It's Import ugh. 
import Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land to do anything. Motherfucker, I'll play crossbow training before I play that shit. No. <laughs> I, I like crossbow training. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, that's a fantastic game. Uh, the only thing that... The only bad thing about that game is that, man, they say the exact same lines over and over again, and you get into combat a lot in that game. So yeah, it's Dragon Dogma, is that what you're telling me? Yeah, Dragon yes. Dogma, where they're constantly saying the same thing. Over and over again, yeah. <laughs> it's Ryan time. Oh, I'm really uh, feeling it. I believe we are in a cave arisen. I believe we yep. are in a cave arisen. <laughs> well, there I ought to be so a fire <laughs> God. <laughs> But no, no, it's ill-like. They're a lot ill-like fire arisen. Yeah. Arisen, 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 arisen. Shepard. <laughs> Rex. Shepard. Uh, let's see here. The next on my list. Uh, Resident Evil 3. Ooh, nice. That's the first yep. time that game's come up this time. It, this and, and I thought it was great. It was. I mean, it, it, it was... It, <sighs> It will never be Resident Evil 2. No, you can't. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, they kind of did that backwards. They probably should have remade 3 first and then 2, because then 3 would have been better received. Yeah. 3 may have actually sold more. Yeah. If you're dangling the carrot of, you don't buy this, you you're don't not get getting Resident two? Evil 2. Yeah. <laughs> the, the package of Resident Evil 2 remake is, is a lot bigger than Resident Evil 3, if we're being honest. Oh, absolutely. 3 was was an experimental game. Yeah, but it's still a great game. Looks amazing and plays great as well. That thing runs uh, locked 60 on uh, Series X and PS5 now. It's beautiful. Yeah, I, I haven't loaded it up since I got my Series X. I need oh, to try that. It's so beautiful. Love what they did with uh, Carlos and Jill in Resident Evil 3, by the way. Their chemistry was great. Love playing yeah. this guest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, up next, uh, this is a this is another one of those bullshit games, but I'm throwing it on here because I played it in 2020 and it revitalized. What? It's Among Us. No, it's not Among Us. Okay. Among Us should be on there, but I mean, I get it. Among Us came out in 2018. Yeah, I, I that's the reason why I didn't include it, even yeah. in honorable mentions. So we've uh, no, that convo now. <laughs> this is uh, Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Oh yeah. Iceborne came out on PC in January. Yes, fair, fair enough. Okay, and and I played all of Iceborne on PC. That revitalized my love for Monster Hunter because I kind of fell off Monster Hunter for a long time, mm-hmm. and then I booted up Iceborne and immediately was like, "Yes, I want to see everything there is to see in this game." And holy crap! Iceborne changed Monster Hunter. Like it, there's, they added so many different things to it. That is a game in and of itself. Yep. And it and it is just the expansion. <laughs> the expansion they supported for a year and like some change with yeah. the content. Yeah, for free. It's amazing. Uh, but yeah, I, I did throw it on there because did you did you beef Atalus, Drew? Was that the 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 Black Dragon, the last, the final DLC. Nah, dude, I, I haven't played any of the DLC that they released. Come on, man, DLC is amazing. I know, I know, dude. I, I have yet to do Behemoth. Well, Behemoth was Monster Hunter World DLC, Iceborne DLC. It was uh, the other stuff. I know. Yeah, but I, I, the last DLC thing I did was the Kulatarth. 
Kuna Matata? What? The gold, the gold dragon. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Kula Kulva Tarve or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I did that one. And y'all just making up names now, aren't you? No, Capcom just makes up names. <laughs> did, did you fight Bob Saget though? Did you? Did I fight Bob Saget? Yeah, yeah. Bob Saget, Bob Saget. You got to remind me. Sorry. Right. He was in Full House. <laughs> I mean, I know who Bob Saget is. <laughs> Bob hosted hosted America's Funniest Home Videos for a while there. Yeah, long time there. Best 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 scene with him in it is in uh, the Dumb and Dumber. Uh, what was it, Dumb and Dumber? Er, yeah, the or there's shit everywhere. <laughs> there's shit everywhere. Shit all over the walls. Oh God. <laughs> God. Jesus. Best scene in that movie. It is the best scene in that movie because that movie sucked. Oh, I didn't hate it, but that was definitely the best scene. Uh, number two game of the year. Immortals: Phoenix Rising. I gotta play this game, y'all. This game Dude, is so good. Everyone's list. Like I, I put it this way: it is Breath of the Wild meets Kingdoms of Amalur. Ooh, but the story, uh, that story, and then the the story is great. The story is very lighthearted and goofy. People were Everybody, mad because Zeus made a weed joke, but come on, man. I mean, every every everybody in this. It's so fucking good. Like that's the thing. Is like the the combat is is relatively simplistic. Um, wow. but the, well, you know, they give you a lot of tools to to throw at enemies. It is, but it, it that game ha- like when I started realizing some of the stuff I could do in combat, I was like, oh, this is way more complex than just hacking, slashing, and then trying to parry. Um. I was impressed with how deep that system went for as shallow as it looks. Not that it's some deep fighting system. It's, you know, it's not that much, but it's like, oh, there's more to this than kind of what they teach you. Yeah. I mean, that's that's why I, that's why I get the Amalore stuff, because it feels oh, like okay. Amalore combat. Uh, but uh, it's definitely Breath of the Wild exploration um, to, to, down to the climbing with stamina meter. It's, in fact, I, I saw some. I saw some. Some really, I don't know. I, I I would call them not fun people to be around on Twitter. <laughs> just just railing on that game, saying it's just a complete and blatant rip off of Breath of the Wild. Oh, for fuck's sake! And I, and they were like, "Yeah, we're not going to give this game any credit because it's just it's just a rip off of Breath of the Wild." You can quietly go into a corner and fuck yourself because. What the fuck Quietly. is wrong? Who, who, well, yeah, because I don't want to hear you. <laughs> but I'm just like, who gives a shit? Breath of the Wild's so a great, miserable gr- fucking people. That's that's the thing is like everybody everybody clamored about God of War. Hey, lest we forget, God of War is a ripoff of Devil May Cry, but nobody gave that game shit. I mean, the new God of War is a Metroid game, so there is that. So I mean, whatever. That's like, but I saw a lot of people saying that, and then a lot of people like replying to it. It looked like a reset error thread almost, and I was oh, just well, like, "Wow, I'm what sure a bunch of pretentious assholes!" Like you're gonna Zelda, dis- Zelda took a lot from Hydlide. Yeah, at dun. least it didn't. At least it didn't take the crappiness of Hydlide. You're absolutely correct, <laughs> <laughs> but 
It, I mean, like Hydlide, you know, all these old PC games, you don't have Zelda. Everything, nothing's made in a vacuum. In fact, the best games generally aren't because then you get some really weird experimental so, Russian games. You know who says you, hi? You... Blizzard. <laughs> well, yeah, you know who um, Blizzard and Bioware and all those guys say hi to? Lord British. Yeah. Okay, to yeah. take a game that and, and the inspiration is good. It's not like you know, Hades was the first roguelike. No, but I anybody out there who is listening who has not tried Immortals yet, you really need to at least give it a shot. So yeah, yeah, be, I'm on it. Let's be honest to all the people that are hating out there. You're not going for every stupid little Korok seed shit to get the golden poop in Zelda. You're not doing it. You've done all the shrines. You've maybe upgraded all the armor if you're really crazy at most. But you've beaten the boss. There's no other Zelda game out right now. Might as well. It's on Switch. Nintendo didn't look at it and go, this is a ripoff. We're not putting it on your console. It's a good game. Nintendo also puts fucking porn games on the Okay, well, you know, I mean, awesome. I don't think they care. You're the one that said it. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Also, uh, the the vague Mediterranean accents, yes, they are very strong in this game. I mean, it's a Ubisoft <laughs> game. They're going to have terrible accents for I'm, I'm very glad that that's sticking. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's almost... Mediterranean accent, vague Mediterranean accent. It, 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 is, it is really, like, it's, it's jarring. Description. Yeah, it's very jarring. It's not Greek. No, it's not not Greek either. No, <laughs> yeah. and it's not it's not Italian, but it's it's not not Italian either. Yeah, it's, uh, they got kind of that inflection going on on a couple of the characters. <laughs> uh, it's so strange. <laughs> Everybody speaks that way. Um, but uh, Zeus reminds me every time I hear Zeus talk. Uh, there was a DLC in one of the Borderlands games where. Um, What's the name of the guy who sells the guns? Mr. Torque? No, 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 not Torque. The the the, oh, the vendor. Uh, oh, oh, Marcus. Marcus. There's a there's a part in one of the DLCs where he's uh, telling the story of the DLC and he's talking to a kid. And at the end of it, the kid keeps uh, asking him questions, and he tells him, "God, would you stop asking questions? You're adopted." And that's how it ends. <laughs> And Zeus reminds me of that moment <laughs> where he's just like he's so pissed off at Prometheus that he just tell him you're adopted. <laughs> but it's really good. I, I like that um I didn't ask for this. Uh Elias Tufexis is uh Prometheus. It's good stuff. <laughs> like, dude, what what it was just such a weird cause he said that on like Twitter that he's like, I love watching my kid play this. I can be Prometheus in person. Oh. Play that game. It's really good. It's really good. Um, and then my number one game of the year is Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Yay! Nice. I think I like that was that was a game I played. I I couldn't even tell you. I could turn on my Switch and let you know, but I, I'm guessing around sixty hours. That's it. Oh, true. That's lightweight. Yeah, I mean, that's me going in and doing my daily stuff every day. How do you how do you find out how long you've played? 
It's in, the it's in your activity. And it's switch. in your activities. Yeah, switch menu. But um, yeah, I I don't care about my house <laughs> in that game. Uh, like I don't I don't spend time decorating and stuff like that. I just do the stuff. What I want to do is get all the fish and all the bugs in that game. I want to get all the fish and all the bugs. I've oh, already yeah. played for over 25 hours. I've had this since uh, Christmas. I could be I could be more than that. I don't know. I have that. a feeling you're more than I'm that. At 100, I'm at 165, I think. So, <laughs> so. I haven't played it for months. <laughs> in Ryan hours, it's like 16,000 hours, man. Right. Yeah. Now, for a while there, I did drop off that game, uh, but I did pick it back up. So, like, pretty much all of the fall, I didn't play any of it. I Same. just recently picked it back up. Um, well, you'll never get all the bugs now. Well, I'll just wait till next fall. Who cares? So, um, I, I've owned that game for, like, four months now, but I have not started it yet. Not because I don't want to play it, but because I think it, I might spend too much time playing it, if that makes sense to you. Uh, I had this experience with 3DS Animal Crossing. I forget which one that was. I think New it was... Uh, New, Leaf. New Leaf. Yeah, New Leaf, yeah. 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 So I, I played that game, like, religiously. That became, like, a part of my daily schedule where I would check in every morning and then do stuff at nighttime, and I was spending... I think I probably put, like, 600 hours in that game at the end of it. So I don't want to do that again. So I'm I'm hoping, or rather, if I become... Unemployed at some point. That's <laughs> <laughs> one I'll plug to plug that game in, and I'll give it a shot. And then I'll also play Final Fantasy XIV as well. And then the games that I've really wanted to play but don't want to spend the time to do so will will have come true. New Leaf were... got crazier too, by the way. Yeah, that like hearing Anthony New Leaf and see how many things have changed since I stopped playing that game. Puzzle it's game. insane. Uh, if you have a 3DS in the game, it gives you a puzzle, like a um, puzzle league game. Um, and if you have a Wii U, it allows you to play uh, Desert Island Escape from Animal Crossing uh, Amiibo Festival on the 3DS. And then there's a campsite where random seasonal villagers can come. And then you have all the Amiibo act. Oh, that game became huge. And it's just, I'm waiting to see if they implement any of that stuff in new horizons. I, I've, I agree with you, Drew. It's a great game. And I mean, it bumped its way up to four and I've only had it for three weeks, but every day I'm in. Yep. All it's right. a fantastic game. It is my game of the year. I guess it's time to move on to the one bird. All right. So I'll start uh, with some honorable mentions. Uh, well, I'm going to start with an honorable mention that is actually a um, a last year uh, game that came out in late September or mid-September of last year. And if I had played it last year, it would have been very high on my list. That's Greedfall. Um. So if you guys have not played Greedfall, it is an excellent sort of older Bioware um, style. When I say older, really what I mean is like uh, first Mass Effect or first um, uh, Dragon Age uh, Bioware. 
RPG. It's an excellent game. Uh, you should play it. It's available free um, on PlayStation but, Plus this month and on Game Pass for and on Xbox Game Pass. and yeah, it has. And and, nice. and if you're if you heard Mass Effect, if it's like you're like oh, it's like Mass Effect One, and then you had flashbacks to the combat in Mass Effect One, the combat's much better than this. Uh, combat's yeah, combat's more like uh, I would say the combat's a little bit like The Witcher is probably the the best um, uh, analog I can think of for the combat. So, so I, I downloaded it. I'm waiting to play it. So definitely, yeah, you you would like it, Jay. I think it's it's you gotta it's got some jank to it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's well worth. I I really enjoyed the story, so it's it's worth sticking it out. I think. Excellent. Um, also on my honorable mentions list, Battletoads, um, which is a great co-op beat 'em up, and I like Anthony really enjoy beat 'em up games. So um, that's a, a a good a good one. Not um, you know not good enough to 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 make it its its way into my top ten, but uh, good enough that I felt like it deserved a mention at least. Um. I'm gonna add uh, Fantasy Star Online 2 as an honorable mention as well on the Xbox, um, exclusively because it gave me an opportunity to experience Fantasy Star again, uh, which I spent hundreds and hundreds of hours in on the Dreamcast. So um, I was glad that that game came out this year, and I figure if I'm glad it came out, it might as well get a, an honorable mention. Um, and then my last honorable mention is uh, Phoenix Rising, and really it's only an honorable mention because I've barely played any of it. Um, so I'm sure if I had had an opportunity to play more of it, it would have been much higher on the list. But um, I just haven't yet. I'm playing it actually with my son, so um, it's not one of the games that I'm playing sort of by myself. I'm playing it with him when we have an opportunity to play stuff together. So um, I'm sure... It'll be one next year that I say, man, if I'd finished that last year, it would have been on my game of the year list. Um, all right, so getting into it. Um, number 10 uh, for me is MLB The Show 20, um, which is an excellent baseball game. And uh, I really like the refinements they've made to the career mode uh, this year. I like the fact that... Um, the on uh, PlayStation Five, the load times are very very short. Um, it's just a it's a great it's a great baseball game. Uh, they they have have done a lot of really good things uh, in this newest version. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what the next one looks like. Considering the next one's going to be multiplat um, and won't be PlayStation exclusive anymore, uh, but should be I hope built from the ground up to take advantage of the next gen systems. Um, number nine is Streets of Rage 4. Um, I can't put it any better than Anthony did, so I'm just going to let his description hold. Um, but I really love that game and I thought they did an amazing job with it. And visually it was, um, one of my favorite looking games of the year. Um, number eight uh, another game that uh, people have accused of being a Breath of the Wild clone this year, that's Genshin Impact, um, which is visually a Breath of the Wild clone and does have the stamina meter and a glider and all that stuff, but um, also has a really cool character switching combat system that allows you to you know, switch between characters with different elements on the fly in the middle of combos um, so that you can um you know soak people in water and then hit them with lightning uh and and create a combo off of that or um 
you know, start a um, start a fire and then use a character who has a tornado power to to turn it into a fire tornado. Um, it's it's a really fun game, especially for the cost of entry, um, and is fun enough to play without having to spend any money on it. So I can definitely see why people would spend money on it because. Um, you know, it's got a lot of uh, different characters and stuff like that. But in my experience, you can you can have a decent amount of fun with it without even spending a dollar, which I haven't spent a dollar on it. So that's how I know that's the case. Um, next on my list um, was the Demon Souls remake. And I agree with Jay, which is why it's a little bit lower on my list that, um, you know, it's just a remake. Um, but... At the same time, I felt like it deserved a spot on my list just based on the quality of the remake. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, it's 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 exceptional. And um, what you're always looking for, at least what I'm always looking for in a remake or a remaster, is that it makes the game look the way you remember it looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what this Demon Souls game does. I remember being um, really impressed when the first Demon Souls came out at the way it looked. Um, and, you know, looking back at it now, it was not the most visually impressive game. Uh, but this game is gorgeous. Um, and the gameplay is flawless still. I mentioned a couple weeks ago, it's, you know, I've, I've played, um, Dark Souls. I've played Bloodborne. I've played, um, Sekiro. This is by far my favorite of the Souls games. And um, the remake has done a, a terrific job. And it it really, it's a very strange kind of nostalgia for me because, um, as I mentioned before in the podcast, I reviewed this game when it came out the first time. And so I was playing it on a, a um, uh, pre-release copy. It didn't have a box. It didn't have fancy disc art. Like, I was playing it before most people were playing it. And so... At the time, it was incredibly confusing, um, and it was hard to figure out what was going on. Um, playing it now with the benefit of not only knowing how the series operates, but also um, you know having a better understanding um, even makes me appreciate the game even more. And I gave it a 9 when it came out the first time. So um, it's just an exceptionally well-done remake of an exceptionally good game. So I felt like it deserved to have a spot on the list. Um, number six, um, uh, is, uh, Astro's Playroom. Uh, now is that what it's called? Yes. What's it called? Yeah. Astro's Playroom. Yep. That's the, yeah, cause uh, the other one's Astro, uh, VR something. I don't remember. It's confusing. Astrobot. Yeah. Rescue mission. Rescue mission. Yeah. 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 You're yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, it is not an exceptionally long game, but. It is packed full of really awesome PlayStation references um, and also a lot of really cool um, sort of, you know, unlockable uh, models of various pieces in PlayStation's history. And uh, on top of all the fan service, it's a really, really well done uh, third person platforming game. Um, so, you know, for, for a pack in um to, to end up having a place on my game of the year in this generation is, is pretty impressive. So they did a, a tremendous job with that game. Um, number five on my list was the pathless, um, which is a game that, um, 
was really good, looked exceptionally good, played really well. I wish it had had more variety um, to its puzzle solving. And uh, I wish they had um, fleshed out the narrative more because it had the beginnings of an interesting story. Just didn't have enough meat on the bone. Um, And I wish it hadn't been $40 at launch because it would have been a lot easier to recommend to a lot more people. Um, As it stood, though, it was a very good game. And uh, I I really enjoyed uh, finishing that one up. Um, Number four was Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is even though I have not liked it as much as I liked Odyssey, I still think it's a really fun game. uh, And I still really enjoy uh, what I've played of it. It looks fantastic on next gen. Um, and, um, I enjoy the voice, most of the voice acting, some of it, you know, in a typical Assassin's Creed fashion, uh, there's some, some weak voice acting mixed in there, but most of it's pretty good. Um, and I've enjoyed the story as well. So, um, that one takes the number four spot on my list. Number three is Animal Crossing New Horizon, um, which, as I mentioned already, I played for 160 some hours this year. Um, and it was just, the best thing I can say about Animal Crossing is it was the perfect game at the perfect time. Um, and, you know, it hit at a time when um, there was a lot of uncertainty and, you know, a lot of people were working from home that weren't used to working from home. And nobody really quite knew what was going to happen. Nobody knew how long we we were going to be locked down. Nobody knew how long things were going to be a problem. And uh, that game uh, was kind of the, the shiny, happy fantasy that I think just about everybody kind of needed at the time. So um, I really enjoyed that game, as is evident by the amount of time that I put into it. Uh, number two for me was Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um uh, you know, Jay made a lot of really good points about Miles Morales earlier, um, and I'll echo all of those. Uh, I think they did an, a really commendable job of fleshing Miles out as a cat, as a character, um, even across what was a much shorter game. Um, so, and I, you know, the, the gameplay was phenomenal. It looked phenomenal. Um, I, my favorite thing about the game is the fact that, um, so there are a lot of games that will have, or in movies too, this is movies are guilty of this too, that will have, um, you know, reveals or twists or, oh, I bet you didn't see that coming kind of moments. And there's two things about Miles that I found most impressive with respect to those kind of moments. And number one is that they don't focus on treating them as surprises to the player. They focus on treating them as, as surprises to the characters in the game, um, which just grounds um, what they're trying to do from a storytelling perspective. Too many times I see games where it's clear that the shock and awe is directed at the player and not at the characters in the game, which makes the twist just feel kind of disconnected. Um this game does a fantastic job of making the twists be twists to Miles or to other characters in the game that your you as the player just get to experience sort of vicariously through them. The second thing it does is it doesn't treat the player like they're stupid. Um, and as soon as you figure out what's happening, they tell you what's happening. Um, they don't waste... And the best example I can think of this is something like Arkham Knight, 
where most people had the, the big shock in Arkham Knight figured out, like, I don't know, six, seven hours into the game. Oh, no, they had that before and, release. Well, I, I don't. I mean, people who were cautious about spoilers. I'm talking oh, about the okay. gameplay itself. In the gameplay itself, um, even if you hadn't watched a single spoiler or trailer, you could figure out who it was in the first five, six hours. Um, and then they spend ten more hours trying to convince you you don't know who it is. Um, and and it was like, come on, I, I know who this is. Why are we dragging this out? Miles is completely opposite to that. They, as soon as you figure out what's happening, they tell you what's happening. Um, and which is the way it should be, in my opinion. They shouldn't spend a whole lot of time bouncing around stuff that the players already figured out. So, I really had a lot of respect for the way they told the story in that game. And the most important thing that I think that game does, um is that it legitimizes Miles as a main character in that universe. Not a side character, but a main character in that universe. Um, And they've built it well enough um, that they could easily, if they wanted to, have more Spider-Man games that involve both Miles and Peter, um, or um, involve only one or the other. So, um, really, uh, really well done. And then... Uh, my number one game of the year, probably no surprise to anybody, is Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I loved that game, top to bottom. And um, Jay's commentary about it earlier was completely spot on. Um, it uh, It is incredibly cinematic. It is incredibly emotional. Um, they uh, do one of the best jobs of... Um, any game that I've ever played at connecting you to the main character and sort of the struggle that he, the internal struggle that he feels um, and the way that internal struggle also plays out in the gameplay of the game and the way they connect it to um, the gameplay in the game is, uh, is amazing. And um, story top to bottom is fantastic. And, not to mention, so all of that aside, the the fact that it is it does everything that it does incredibly well. Um, uh, Jay is correct. It you know it has some of the collectathon stuff, but I happen to be somebody who loves that, so uh, <laughs> it was perfect for me. Um, all of that aside, they released this game that was exceptionally good, and then also months later added in a completely free online multiplayer uh, that's not just co-op through the story, but has a completely different set of rules and story connotations around it and visual design. Um, that game, to me, was just the the landmark achievement of this year. And um, I, I felt like it absolutely had to have the spot at the top. And that's it. All right. Well, just like so every... Ken, what were your favorite games of the year? <laughs> <laughs> so just like every year, I, I sit and I listen to everybody and I go, am I going to get one or two games that nobody's talked about yet? And I, I do. I have a couple. Oh, nice, nice. Um, I'll start with my disappointments, which does include two games that nobody's mentioned yet, which kind of shocked me. Um, The first one being Marvel's Avengers, which Drew's already covered that. It's... I think I'm I'm not disappointed in like I expected it to be amazing. I mean I'm disappointed in the fact that it's made by probably one of my favorite developers. And 
it's just super disappointing that this is probably the worst game they've ever put out. Um, the second disappointment, it's weird that this game only gets mentioned during this part. Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, I didn't play enough of it to to have an opinion. Yeah, I I purposely put it down before I could have an opinion waiting for the next-gen version. And and Um, that's that's truly why I put it in my disappointments, because I was so looking forward to playing it, and I just lost all interest in playing it because of the issues and everything else around it. Yeah. I put two hours in, well, three hours into that game, and I have no opinion on it because, well... I'm not playing that game until they finish it. Yeah, and that's what's yep. that's what's disappointing about disappointing about it for me is that that game technically came out in 2020 and none of us want to play it yet. Well, True. I I guess I'm the only person that's beat the game then. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I it was going to be my disappointment of the year, and I was going to go up into a spiel, but I didn't really want to go deep into it. But I'll just say one thing and just kind of leave it at that. Um. I think T, uh, CD Projekt Red has has a reputation, rightfully so, of creating these games that oftentimes uh, raise the bar. I think Witcher 3 raised the bar on open world games and storytelling, side quest uh, quality. And I was hoping that Cyberpunk would be the same. And while it does have some great uh, missions and uh, side characters that you'll encounter, and the visual fidelity as an open world game is truly state of the art, given the performance requirements that's uh, needed. But it came out in such a state where what could and easily would have been a 9 to a 9.5 game was demoted down to something like a 7, where I was constantly interrupted, not just by some random jank open-world stuff, but by bombarded by these quest breaking things where i have to try go back to a checkpoint and try the same mission again wasting 10 15 20 minutes of my time uh able to collect things that i killed off of enemies and basically like tons and tons of things that just got in the way of my enjoyment of the game and it just saddens me because this is going to be another case like cd project red i think was at kind of like their heights after their their Witcher 3 and even even the fucking uh, the Gwent game that they created was fantastic. I love that game. And then now they come out with this one of the most actually I would say can we safely agree that this was the most anticipated game of the year as like a video uh, yeah, game, right? I think, yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 And then they have all this build up and 7 years of development to come out with this. And I understand that there is so many um, elements surrounding it with the with with the uh, with their management trying to get this out and all these delays and other things of them being too ambitious and everything, but now their name is no longer gonna be synonymous with quality. They got this stain on their reputation forever. It was kind of like that moment when Blizzard no longer was like that surefire company. Oh, it's got that Blizzard logo on it. You know, it's going to be great. It's got that Squaresoft logo on it. It's going to be great. You have those companies. Bioware as well, of course. And that confidence that you have on a company, that developer, to have lost yet another one, it just really saddens me deeply. Because I I feel like there is literally none of them left. It was Platinum went down as well. And like... Oh, it's just it's just so sad, dude. I hate it. I hate it so much. 
Yeah, I, I still um I still have confidence that um they're gonna put the work in on that game. Uh, but it but it should have been done already. Um and you know, again, as I've mentioned on here before, every one of their their games, at least the versions that most people remember, except for Witcher Three, is the enhanced edition. Like they, they come out with an enhanced edition that fix all the stuff that they broke the first time. Uh, and I'm sure they'll do the same thing here, but it, uh, for a game that was as hyped as that one was um, to not have had, had that work already um, is yeah really disappointing. Yep. And then the last game, probably nobody even remembers came out this year, but I was kind of hyped for it um, was bleeding edge. Oh, yeah, that game came Yeah, out. I was thinking, oh, we're going to get like a melee mixture kind of Overwatch game from the guys who made DMC, some of the best combat in a video game. And that game, that game died the second hour it was out. <laughs> like, I couldn't even get a full match two hours after that game released. And, it's and it for, was on Game Pass too, right? Yeah, and, oh, and for good, you know... For good reason. It was not very good. Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those... Well, I mean, it's like the Avengers is just... Of course, it doesn't have the the name recognition. What the hell is this studio, who's known for a specific thing, doing something else for? What? Who thought that was a good idea? And I know there was a word in this particular scenario, but, like, you know, sometimes it's good to stick with what you're good at. Yeah. I don't know. So those those were my disappointments for the year. As far as honorable mentions, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, I enjoyed the nostalgia of, of getting back into that world. Um, the reason it didn't make my list is because there is just too much fluff in that game, and I don't know, not to spoil anything, but I don't know I like how it ended. I think it's just going to get stupid from here and go way off the rails from the original, and I don't, I don't want that. Knowing Tetsuya Nomura and the whole Kingdom Hearts nonsense, I could see that very well happening. But I am just—I guess—just trying to be optimistic about it. I, I, yeah, and I, and I think I'm just worried that it's gonna get stupid. And I'm like, I don't want it to be stupid. I literally want that game because that's kind of the point. Uh, but f- before we can get to Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. You have to do Final Fantasy VII three five eight days over two, and recoded. <laughs> there'll be a por- there'll be a portion of Final Fantasy VII remake that is only available on your telephone. Uh, yes, but only in Japan. Only in Japan. Yes, and then the browser based game, and then <laughs> the musical interlude. <laughs> the <laughs> concert that you have to get a piece of the story from. Oh, no, that's near. That's near. Near is the one where it's like well, Kingdom Hearts did that too. Play. So, yeah, no, but Nier's the one that's like, you didn't go to the concert? Man, guess what? There's some lore that you missed out on. Didn't read the book? At least the Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts was all video games, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, Next up is Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, A lot of people have said a lot about that game. It is very, very good. Uh, Man-Eater, Anthony and I, I know he talked about that game. That game is, like, the best... It would have been the best B-tier game to come out this year. And it's just because it's so ridiculously stupid. Nice. And it came out at a discount price. And right now, if you have played 
If you have a PS5. Oh, or you're willing to, you think you're going to get a PS5 and you can go to the website and click it. Yep. You can snag the next gen version, which is nice. It's a locked frame rate, a little higher resolution. Looks pretty good. Is it, um, uh, on Game Pass? No, it is not. Damn. Yeah. I do have it on Xbox, and they they did do a Series X patch, so it, it does look a lot cleaner. But um, it's not on Game Pass. You can. I'm pretty sure you can walk in Canada, anyways. You can walk into a pick this up for like thirty physically. So oh, it's totally it's worth, not like it does, It's totally worth yeah. thirty bucks. Uh, next up, I don't think anybody mentioned this game, but Crash Bandicoot Four. I didn't play enough of it. Otherwise, I would. I really liked that game, and it almost made my top ten, but got bumped off by something else. But I really enjoyed the return to Crash Bandicoot. Uh, and then my last honorable mention is Doom Eternal. I just, I love that game, but I just couldn't put it in my top ten. Uh, all right, number ten, Battle Toads. I think uh, Ryan was the other person who mentioned that game. I love the hell out of that game. Some of the platforming stuff in the the latter half, I didn't. I thought went on too long, but outside of that, I thought the writing in that game was wonderful. It looks incredible. The combat is fun, and it's on freaking Game Pass. And even if it wasn't on Game Pass, it's what like fifteen dollars. That game is really good. Uh, next up, I, I don't. I'm like Drew. I don't give a fuck. I'll do remakes. I'll do remasters. I don't care. Number nine, AVGN Deluxe. For the Switch. Give me both of those games, you know, with fixes to both of them. Uh, the first time they've been available on a console, and the fact that they're two very competent side scrolling action games with a ton of reference to something that I have a very fond uh, a fondness for. Like, I really love that show. So, playing a really good Super Nintendo style action game in those worlds is, is awesome. Uh, number eight is a game that nobody has mentioned, probably because nobody else has played was dirt five, um, made by the team that did motor storm. And you can totally feel that inspiration pulsing in that game. Like it is a game that has since its release, I have probably played at least two to three times a day or a week. Um, and I just keep playing it. It's just fun to play. It reminds me of, you know, old school arcade racing games that are just a joy to jump in and play. And then you combine that with the fact that the game looks absolutely incredible um, and supports every next-gen feature you'd want to play with from like 120 frames per second. It's just it's a fantastic game. Uh, number seven is Astro's Playroom. You know, we talked a lot about that game. For a free game, that's probably one of the best things you got with your PlayStation 5. Uh, absolutely. If you are if you were around for the original PlayStation, like going through that history of the PlayStation was one of the just most joyous moments I had this year playing a game. You know, unlocking stupid things like memory cards and PlayStation cameras and then being able to go into the museum and play with those, like... Punching the PlayStation 2 plays the the sound, you know, the boot-up sound. Yep. Like my, all... my favorite thing is people being introduced to stuff like the multi-tap. Yeah, and like if you smack the multi-tap, four characters pick it up off the ground. Like, just all yep. of that stuff. So awesome. 
Uh, number six is Streets of Rage 4. Everybody's talked about that game. It is really, really good. And as mentioned, if you have Game Pass, go play it. It's just so good. You need to listen to that soundtrack. It's really <laughs> fucking good. It's um, by the guy whose name I can never pronounce from France, who did like the music for Get Even and uh, Greedfall. Um, yep, he's an amazing composer. You should listen to it. Yeah. Also, Yuzu Kashiro Return. You should totally go play that game. Uh, number five is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Like, Anthony, I don't have anything to say except that it's fucking Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Yeah. And it's really fucking good. Yes, Activision nailed bringing back the PS1 classics this year. They really and, did. And they, and they fucking got the soundtrack. I should have mentioned most that. Most of it. Like, the most of it. Most like, of it. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. You came for Goldfinger. They have Goldfinger and other tracks that you remember. Of course you came for Goldfinger. It's the first song that plays on the title screen. Yes, it is. (laughs) They're like, fuck the menu music from the original. We're just going to keep playing the music from the game. Yeah. And I love that you can skip tracks just by clicking in the right stick anytime you want. It's wonderful. Mm. Number number four is a game nobody mentioned. uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. And that's an honorable mention for sure. Yeah, that was game great. was so good. And my God, if you have a Series X, load it up and put it in 6K downsampled mode. It looks like a fucking Disney movie. It looks so good. Holy! With God. HDR, right, Ken? Yeah, absolutely with HDR. Yeah, that 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 HDR on that game is tremendous. Oh. <sighs> That game is so good. I I know it had issues when it launched. It had some like really weird glitches and stuff, but nothing that ever stopped me from just constantly playing that game. It was it was fantastic. Uh, top three, you probably know what they are, but the question is, what order are they? And number three is Ghost of Tsushima. We've talked a lot about that game. Uh, I stand by that. That's the best thing Sony put out this year. I feel it was robbed. So many places of people think you know talking about The Last of Us. I really think Sucker Punch just out outshined Naughty Dog this year in a in a game that, like Anthony was talking about earlier, or Drew was talking about earlier with Immortals, um, so many people just pegging Ghost of Tsushima as like, oh, it's Assassin's Creed Samurai. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. It was amazing. Like, all of that checklist stuff, it, it was fine. But if you were not in it for that story and that cinematography and just visually stunning game that loads in like four seconds yeah yeah <laughs> like on last gen on last gen yeah that, um, that thing was loading on in seconds on ps4 yeah so kudos to sucker punch you guys really did the best first party sony game this year hands down to me so Number two is Yakuza Like a Dragon. Hell yeah. That game, like, I'm still playing it. I'm like 40, 50 hours into that game. I'm like like at the last chapter. Oh, man. But I just keep going around I, from Dragon Cart to, to my businesses <laughs> to fucking, you know, the can collecting to the baseball stuff. To, oh, my God, that game. That fucking game. Every two steps I take, there's somebody to talk to and get a stupid story. It's amazing. And and like Jay said, Ichiban, I did not think I could love a character as much as I love, you know, Kiryu. But goddamn, if Ichiban is not one of the most lovable characters in a video game. (laughs) Yeah, he's just... 
I can't. I don't know a single person that doesn't like Ichiban after playing a bit of Yakuza Seven. It's crazy. Oh, God, yeah. Like every conversation that he gets in, and just how stupid he is with some things. Like yeah. he's like, "I'm not going to leave my <laughs> friends here. That's bullshit." <laughs> oh man, it's so, and the fact that everything and I really loved the fact that they they narratively explain why the characters have different outfits and why when you get into a battle, the yeah. enemies change clothes and just the fucking Pokédex is in there. <laughs> it's just, there's so much in this game. I love it. They even have like a super final dungeon for you to conquer after beating the game too. And, yeah. Oh God, it's ridiculous. The, the first dungeon that you can get to that you can like kind of grind is a fucking sewer. And it's just like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Like, you can go in a sewer and grind for items and gear. It's like, well, of course a sewer's a dungeon in a city. Of course it is. Oh, man, that game. game is so good. And then my game of the year is Immortals Phoenix Rising. I, I can't stop playing that game. I finished it before it came out uh, because I was reviewing it. And I have continued to return to that game on a weekly basis, just cleaning up the world. Because I like, it reminds me of Breath of the Wild, not in, like, the gameplay and thing. It reminds me of Breath of the Wild because it's a world that I really enjoy just being in. And, like, I point my character in a direction, I go, and I complete stuff along the way, and I just keep playing it. Do, do the weapons and stuff like that break in Immortals? Nope. Nope. So, so, so confirm better than Breath of the Wild. Right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the, everything in that game is cosmetic. So, like, your armor, your sword, you get one sword, you get one heavy weapon, um, and everything you collect is cosmetic, so... Well, that's not fully true. Like, well, you, you get do get perks. Axe. Yes, the, the, the weapon, you can change the base weapon, which is, like, the perk, and then you can change the cosmetic to make it look like any other axe. Yes, you, you, you can transmog armor. it, but every yeah. piece of equipment has one perk on it that you can upgrade. And But it's not like there's 37 different swords that have different abilities or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, you upgrade your armor. That is a one-time upgrade. Yep. Instead of like Breath of the Wild, where it's like, do you have the fairies and then the apples that it takes to upgrade this single piece of armor. Oh, you want to upgrade this armor? Well, you're going to have to look for falling stars. Yes. That's a thing I had to do. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Did you, I, I did love you do it multiple times? Cause I did. Yeah, I, I did. I played a it shitload of breath. The only thing I didn't do in breath of the wild was the Korok seeds. Well, fuck it. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Either. I'm not, I'm not ever doing that, but in immortals, I think I might actually do everything. Like, I've cleared the first area. The first area is empty. I've completed every dungeon, every puzzle, um, every challenge. I've done everything in the first area. There's only five total areas, so it's not like it's going to take a ton of time. And I've cleared a bunch of the other ones, too. But I just keep playing that game. I, I was interested in that game, and then I played it, and it was absolutely the best game I played this year. All right. Um, I do have a couple emails and a few tweets. Um, your car sent us an email said uh, here's my game of the year list number 5 Spider-Man uh, it looks and plays amazing on my PS5 I love Spider-Man my 3 year old daughter calls him Ladybug Man 
Uh, number four is Astro. This game brought back so many memories for me. Memories of video game nights as a kid with friends from the PS1 to now. It was great. It also reminded me of all the shit I bought that Sony released. I mean, the PSP Go, the PSP microphone add-on, the PS3 TV receiver thing. I bought everything. It sucked. But I love Sony. I'll buy it again. But yeah, Astro was amazing, and I hope to see more, much more in the future. Number three is Minecraft Earth, which is kind of hilarious because they just shut that down. <laughs> Uh, this game was so much fun. It's an AR Minecraft game. Put so much time into this. Really enjoyed it. It's a shame they're closing the servers in June, though. Number two is Minecraft, the game that keeps on giving and taking over my life. A game released ten years ago, and it looks like it'll be around for another ten. Always creating, always designing, always surviving. Cannot wait for the ray tracing update for the next-gen console so I can make a huge dick, and then it will have a ray tracing huge dick glorious shadow. Okay. Number one was boobies. Because of course it was. Fair. Uh, Dustin sent in his top ten. Number ten, Streets of Rage. Number nine, Cyberpunk. Uh, number eight, Goose. <laughs> I can't read. I was going to call it Goose of Tsushima. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Untitled Goose Games uh, weird tie-in yeah. DLC with Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> Uh, number seven, Astro's Playroom. Number uh, six, Spider-Man. Number five, Neo 2. Number four, Ori. Number three, Demon Souls. Number two, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Number one, Last of Us. Biggest disappointment was Resident Evil 3. Most overhyped game, Ghost of Tsushima. Oh. <laughs> that hurts my heart. I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, biggest game I didn't play, 13 Sentinels. Most anticipated, Final Fantasy 16 and Elden Ring. P.S. Little Hope is better than Man of Medan. Oh, you know. Wow. No. <laughs> I don't know. So I can just laugh. <laughs> I hated. I hated that. Uh, <sighs> I know you guys have some technical issues playing uh, Little Hope, right? Oh, well, it has nothing to do with the technical issues. Yeah, it's yeah. not the technical issues that made that game not so great. Uh, I didn't hate Little Hope. I didn't hate it, but saying it's better than Man of Medan, I mean... Mm, mm. I think I didn't like Man of Medan because I was just kind of like hoping for Until uh, until Dawn, and obviously it wasn't Until Dawn, you know? We'll never but, get Until uh, Dawn again. <laughs> probably not. No, no. Budget-wise, you won't. Yeah, it's a shame because damn, that's a that's that's a great game. But I think I knew what 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 I was getting into when I was playing Little Hopes. I was like, my expectations were tampered, and I got more or less what I was expecting. And obviously, the ending is divisive, but um, eh, I still enjoy what I played. Uh, Drew Andy says on Twitter, listening to the podcast, and as a rural Georgian, can confirm what Drew is saying about COVID and the population a hundred percent. And the well-being of the country rides on the state's votes, which turned out pretty good. So Yeah. Good job, Georgia. Yep. Way to go, Drew. You saved us. Yep. I didn't do anything. <laughs> well, you voted. That's not, that's not nothing. That's true. So, uh, Curtis says, I did not play a lot of AAA games last year. I mostly played indie stuff. These are my picks. Pinstripe, Hades, and Ori 2 are my games of the year. No, Pinstripe wasn't released in 2020, but I played it in 2020, and it was that good. I love the atmosphere and the story. Uh, and do you guys have any hidden gems of 2020? I think we all. Uh, I, I would say the Pathless is a hidden gem. I've been trying to play that. I don't know how I feel about it yet. 
Yeah, it's it's I, I enjoy the game, but like I said, it's got its it's it's got its flaws. Yeah, I've made it to I I got the bird, and I'm like right after I got the bird. So I'm, okay. Yeah, I'm, I mean the 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 you haven't made it to the the best parts of that game yet, which are the boss fights. That game's boss fights are really good. Yep. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep you know plowing away at it, but I haven't played a ton of it. Just remembering, like, well, I mean, Jay's number one, 13 Sentinels. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would probably say that's a hidden gem. My, one of my number ones, seeing as I have two because I'm a cheater, Cardo. Um, I talked that up. Uh, my third is Murder by Numbers, which is also kind of not talked about. Um, uh, Drew, do you have any? Nine Monkeys of Shaolin. There you go. <laughs> Pick up Pumpkin Jack right now. Pumpkin Jack, yeah. Pumpkin Jack's another one. They had a Christmas update, so there's some extras in there. Pumpkin Jack uh, is so good. If you like card games like Hearthstone, I started getting into Legend of Runeterra this year. And that game is surprisingly fair for a free-to-play game as far as getting your collection. It's very generous with giving you cards and stuff like that and packs to open as you do your like weekly challenges and all this stuff. And the presentation, despite me no longer playing League of Legends, I think I last played my game of League of Legends maybe like six, seven years ago. Despite that, I still like the presentation, the champions and everything. So if you're in the mood for a card game, uh, Legends of Runeterra, definitely check it out. Uh, Curtis also says a lot of gamers don't give Microsoft and Xbox enough credit for what they have done for gaming. They helped push gaming to where it's at now in a lot of ways, starting with the OG Xbox to current gen. I'm glad they decided to enter the video game industry when they did. Definitely. It's been very helpful to have that competition. Because as we know, um, Nintendo's kind of off doing their own thing, being very successful. And bless their hearts, just just do what you do best and keep doing it. You don't have to compete with Sony and Microsoft. If Sony was the only hat in the ring, I think we would see a very different landscape without the competition needed in order to kind of propel the, not only the technology, but also the consumer-friendly nature of a lot of these backwards compatibility things. Uh, that keeps going back from um, you know Microsoft and PlayStation, so it's been very healthy to have that competition. I hope they stay in the competition locked basically till the end of time, if possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, you saw what happens when Nintendo tries to compete. It was the GameCube. <laughs> Yeah, that didn't work out too and, well. And like, it was a stronger console than the PS2, but the PS2 had a DVD player, and the Xbox had a DVD player and was a stronger console, but it was the Xbox that entered the ring last. So, right. you know, it's uh, Nintendo, when they're competing, it's like, yeah, they had some really great GameCube games, but for the most part, like, they exploded on the Wii. Uh, the DS took off like crazy, and they were, you know, outside of what the other console manufacturers were doing, so... You're right there. It's just like we did actually get to see that at one point in time and didn't really work out for them. It's their worst selling mainline console, I believe. Probably. It was the, it's my least okay. memorable for sure. More than the Wii U, really? I don't even count that. That don't count. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I forgot about the Wii U. Wii U. You're right. Wii U I enjoy my Wii U. Hey, I, I have yeah. I have a ton of games for my Wii U. Oh, the Wii U is great, but I'm just saying it's they're worth selling. I wasn't saying that they're. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Wii U, I modded the crap out of my Wii U to play a lot of stuff. It's pretty great. 
Um, Adam says, I have to be boring and say The Last of Us 2, but a massive honorable mention to RuneScape. This, this year is it's 20 years old, but back in March they released the new skill, Archaeology, which really mixes up the formula of what a skill is. Never seen the game so busy in years. Cheers. That's awesome, man. Like, game 20 years, it's still going strong. Very cool. Yeah. Also, The Last of Us 2 is not a boring answer. As much as I shit on that game, um, I'm not going to say if it's a boring answer. Like, I think the uh, that perception comes from the fact that it won Game of the Year at the Game of the eh. Game Awards show. So, yeah, but I yeah I, I I mirrored the sentiment too. No one's Game of the Year is boring. It just kind of comes down to what you happen to enjoy that year the most, you know. So and and like there's a, and if a lot of people are talking about it. It's usually for a good reason, unless usually. it's all negative, in which case it's not. But, but I mean, like honestly, like I, I think back about like games that have big discussions, and they still generally hold up. You know, like uh, it, it's shit. Like my game of the year for twenty seventeen was Near Automata. A lot of people talk about Near Automata. I don't feel bad about that. Real Shogun Beat says, I don't think this counts, but Game Pass has definitely been my game of the year, in quotes. I played so many <laughs> gems on it last year. My favorites were Gears Tactics, Call of the Sea, Deliver Us the Moon, uh, non Game Pass, non Game Pass, Twin Mirror this year was a great double A. Most triple A sucked in 2020. <laughs> I, I, I disagree on that last point, but Game Pass uh, truly is yeah. the, the biggest and the best deal in gaming right now. Um, whether you're playing it on PC or you have it on Xbox, I, I highly recommend it. I was, I'm so glad I locked in the $5 price point for a couple of years. But even after that runs out, I can easily see myself re-upping for a couple more years if they keep up the quality of these games. I, I will say the only thing bad about the PC Game Pass is the PC Game Pass DRM. Uh, does old matter of stupid shit. I know, Ken, you know this. But every time you try to play a game on game pass you have to allow it and share your personal information with the fucking game before you're allowed to get log in and play the game yeah you need to do it for every single game it's so stupid it's 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 one of those really bad design decisions that yeah. if they would just get it to work like the console it would be fine exactly exactly and also you can't you can't mod any of these games you can't do any kind of thing to a lot of games on game pass uh, initially were broken and the fixes for them involve messing around with the exe files but you can't do that with the game pass games which makes it so that they remain broken so if you check pc game pass most of the games are like hovering around 2 to 3 stars because there's so many technical issues that people can't fix because they don't let you fix them so if they if they iron out that part, I think PC Game Pass can be something truly awesome. But even with that, it's still an incredible value. Yeah, it's crazy to see some of the stuff that we've seen hit that service, and I hear that in this year it's going to be bigger. So the the EA thing still hasn't happened on PC yet, has it? It hasn't. They delayed it. Yeah, I knew they delayed it, but I didn't know if it had popped up yet. So that'll be nah, huge because it was huge for Xbox when it dropped. Because like you could immediately play one of last year's best games, you know, Jedi Fallen Order. So mm-hmm. yeah, that would that would certainly be nice. But so, do you still need an Origin account to play those games on top of the Game Pass account, or how does that work? Nope. On Xbox, at least you just you just log in and play it. 
Okay, I hope that'll be the same. I don't want to log in and create another account for some different. Yeah, I don't. Game. I don't think I even have it. I probably have an Origin account because I've tied uh-huh. my games to the accounts or whatever. But I don't know the login. I don't give a fuck. So. Yeah, to <laughs> to give a perspective on the Origin account, I think I made one for Titanfall One, and then that was the only game I ever played on it. <laughs> so yeah. But that's uh, it. Uh, oh, you have something? Go ahead. Yeah, uh, it was interesting to hear Twin Mirror come up. That was the um, Don't Nod game that wasn't Tell Me Why. Oh, Did yeah. Did you play Tell Me Why? I played the first I, episode. I need to. I played the first episode. It's one of those. I mean... I I loved um, Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. So I've been meaning to get back into playing those types of games, um, but uh, I still have Life is Strange 2 to play. So, Yeah, yeah, I'm on the same boat. I really like uh, Life is Strange. Drew, you played Life is Strange too, right? Thank you, Doug. Drew. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> did you okay. mute yourself, Drew? I accidentally muted myself. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> nice. Good job. I heard the click and then nothing. <laughs> yeah, those. I think for those games, you kind of have to be in a specific kind of mood in order to play them because they they are very much like watching a movie a lot of the time. So you have to be in that passive mood. But I, I do want to play um, Tell Me Why and the, the last bit of uh, Life is Strange as well. I, I think it's also part of partially the hook. And like, I don't really know what the hook is with Tell Me Why or uh, Twin Mirror. So it's hard for me to go, I need to play this. But I also don't really know what the hook is in Life is Strange 2 either. So it's, I think that's the issue is that I don't have enough information to be like, do I really want to invest my time into this? But I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that somebody's showing their stuff. Like <laughs> Somebody like did play studio. Twin Mirror, even though I totally forgot it came out. <laughs> Well, it's just you know, they they every time they do an action game, it doesn't really go great. So is it an action game? I thought it was another. No, like... no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, because they seem to do an action game and then their, you know, life is strange sort of stuff. So, like, you know, they had vampire and that didn't, you know, that was don't nod. Take a... That was yeah. don't nod. Holy shit! I did not know that. Yeah, yes, it was. That, that game was not that good. <laughs> Um, they did Vampire, and then they did Life is Strange 2, and then they have Tell Me Why, which came out, and then Twin Mirror, which they self-published, apparently. Yeah, those so. guys are just cranking games out, I swear. Yeah, true. Um, that is it for the show for Game of the Year. Um, it, 2020 was a challenging but very good year. Um, looking forward to 2021, where we will finally get some true next-gen games. We really haven't got a ton yet. Um, so I'm looking forward to those those titles, and we've got uh, we've got some stuff early on in the year that hopefully we won't forget at the end of 2021. Um, but that's about it. To, you know, be back next week. We'll be back on a normal show schedule. Uh, Drew, you're Phoenix Downs doing Ocarina of Time. First episode is up. Yep. So you can go listen to that, and you should play the the music while you're listening to it. Oh, by the way, funny thing, Drew, we still got blocked in some countries for the Supernatural episode. Because I use Supernatural music. Yep. So I got a warning on that show that we were. 
We were the video was unavailable in certain regions. Which regions? I don't know. It didn't. I it probably if I clicked into it, it would show. But it works well, in the super, US. Supernatural US. ones. Oh. <laughs> Transylvania. You are <laughs> blocked in China. All right. Oh. So I thought that was funny. That's the first like warning I've seen on a video we've done. So. That's really weird. Yeah. But anyway, that is 2020 in a nutshell. 2021 is here. Hopefully this year is better than the last. Um, For games and the world. But unless anybody has anything else before we get out of here, that's going to wrap up 2021 or 2020 in games, Joe. This episode wasn't as uh, long as it be. That's because John wasn't here. We love you, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love you, miss you, buddy. All right, peace out, Bertrand. Alrighty, and it goes something like this.